Hey, I'm Pastor Mike, and thank you so much for taking time to check out this message. And I hope that it inspires you. I hope it pushes you either towards a relationship with Jesus or further along in your relationship with Jesus. But we would never want this message to replace the reality of what it means to be involved with a local church. Although I'm excited that you're checking this out and I, and I hope it speaks to you, let me encourage you that you need to be involved in a local body. There's something to the fact that you need to be under the authority of the spiritual lead of a pastor and involved in a community that can push you uh, further along. We are meant to be in community. So enjoy this message, but let me encourage you to be seeking an opportunity to be involved with a local church. Well, good morning again, church. How's everybody good? We good? Did you greet somebody? Did you give, did y'all get enough high fives, graduates? People came over and gave you high fives? Okay, hopefully. Hopefully. I am uh, I'm really excited. I had the opportunity uh, Friday night to come and serve here at Leesburg High School. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, more about that in a minute, but uh, they asked if they could use our golf cart um, because they saw this uh, killer limo golf cart that we have out there. And uh, so Leesburg High School said, can we use your golf cart? I was like, uh, can I drive it? And they were like, you want to drive it? I'm like, yeah, I want to talk to people. And uh, so uh, I actually drove around the parking lot, picked people up. It was a blast. I'll tell you another story in a minute about that. It was fantastic. But um, definitely want to tell you dads and, and everyone to get registered for the Father's Day throwdown. We're going to have a little cornhole tournament. Um, and I'm still trying to pray about who's the right partner for me because uh, I plan on winning. Um, we don't do participation trophies at, at Church of the Lakes, just so you know. Um, we, 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 we believe that you can learn just as much from losing as you can from winning. I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway, so get registered uh, and uh, get signed up for food. That day, Mojo Grill, and I think Rondo, the owner of Mojo Grill, is going to be here, here with us that day uh, for Father's Day. So get signed up. It's going to be a, a great day. Uh, Peru trip. I want to talk about that just real quick because uh, if you're interested, and this is no commitment, if you just are interested in what we're doing, then stay after service. And we'll meet right over here in the front, right in the section right here. And I just, we just want to talk just for a few minutes about those who may be interested in going to Peru right the day after Christmas is when we would actually leave, on the 26th. So, again, no commitment. If that interests you at all, stay here right after service and let us tell you a little bit about what it looks like and what we'll be doing. Um, we are in the middle of a study, and you'll notice that I have blanks. I know some, there's like at least three of you have already cornered me this morning and said, what's up with the blank note page? Um, and so I'll just tell you, I can make up some phenomenal story, uh, but I just had too much on my schedule and I ran out of time. So um, can I just be that transparent and honest with you? That's why you got blank notes. So I'll try to slow down here and there to give you a chance to write a little bit more than you normally have to write. I apologize for that, but um, it was just kind of one of those weeks for me. So, uh, But I want to jump in. I'm really excited about this, this journey that God has taken us on. It's been, it's been very, very cool. Um, this, this whole kind of wisdom journey. And for those of you, it's your first time here. You're at the end of a series, but I think today is still going to be really good if you'll just kind of hear what it is that God wants to say to you. So before I start, I don't always do this, but I just feel the, the Spirit kind of lead me. Can I pray one more time and just ask God to, to really speak into our hearts today? So would you, would you just pray with me real quick, Father? Um, I, don't, I don't take lightly that we are beginning to open your word up. And... Um, Jesus, you and the Word are one, and so we are interacting with you today, Jesus, in these next few moments. Would you give us a holy awe and a reverence for what this moment is? It's not just a speech or 
the words. It's, it's us interacting with you, God, and we want to connect with you. But I think if most of us are honest, God, we kind of feel sometimes we have a hard time connecting with you or understanding. And so we're just coming palms up today saying as we open your word, would you give us revelation? Would you give us new understanding? Um, more than we even imagined that we might hear from church today because you speak through your word. Speak to us, we ask. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So we've been on this journey of wisdom and, and week one, uh, if you were here for week one, we basically said that, that fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, is what Proverbs says. So the fear of the Lord. Now, that's not cowering in the corner. That's not, right? That's awe. That is the, the reality that when I come in and I go, we're going to read God's Word, which is kind of why I wanted to pray that way, like that I would put some... Have you done what I do sometimes? Have you made your quiet time a checklist thing? Have you gotten in and you read a chapter or you read some word and you're just like, oh, I got it done today, right? Instead of the creator of the universe wrote me a letter that is living and awe-inspired. And when I interact with that, I should give it a certain amount of weight. I should give it a certain amount of attention, right? That's what it means to fear the Lord. And so we said, when you have fear of the Lord, awe, reverence, and when you do that, that is the beginning of wisdom. And then week two, we said something to this effect, teachability, in other words, humility, and the ability to, to, to be taught. Um, how many of you guys are a little hard-headed? Any hard-headed people in the house today? Okay, good. I just wanted to know I was in good company. And, uh, and, and sometimes I can be a little stubborn about being taught, but listen to me, teachability is the soil that wisdom grows in. Right? When we, when, we, when we have this teaching, when, when we're open, when we'll go, you know what? I might have messed up here. I might have blown it here. Help me to understand. And then last week, if you were here, uh, I, I stomped all over your toes as we talked about honor. Right? And we talked about this, this spirit of dishonor. Honor is the posture of the wise. So, so fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Teachability is the soil that wisdom grows in. And then honor is the posture of the wise. That, that's how the wise stand. And I want to finish it off today with this. This is the statement for today. Purpose. Purpose is the fuel that keeps us striving towards wisdom. Purpose is the fuel that keeps us striving towards wisdom. How many of you know or have seen people around you that just sort of kind of sort of give up? You ever been in that place? You ever get in that place where you're like, whatever, I, you know what, look, if I could just, if I could just put, you know, seven more years in, I'll be vested into the retirement, I can, I can try to find a little place, what, you know that? This world is tough, this world is hard, things are coming at us, and we can get to this place where we sort of give up, and we start, stop learning, and we, and we stop pushing forward, and the reason of that is because of lack of purpose or meaning. Proverbs says it this way. I'm, I'm going to read it to you um, in actually three different versions. Proverbs 29:18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. Where there is no vision, the, the, the word there in the original, the original language is chazon, not calzone. That's what you had yesterday. But chazon, right? And it, and it means 
revelation, vision, something bigger, something that God is speaking to me or saying into my life. And without vision, the people perish. Proverbs 29, 18, let me read it from the NIV. It says it this way. Where there is no revelation is another word that's used. People cast off restraint. I love the way that's said. Cast off restraint. In other words, you know what? I'm just going to do what feels good. In other words, it's YOLO. What is YOLO? You only live once, right? The problem with that is that's not biblical. It should be YOLT. You only live twice. Because you actually live on this earth and then you live a life in eternity. Right? There's an eternity to consider that is not true about YOLO. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a, we cast off restraint and we do what we want. And then life bites us. And then we come to church looking for ways to restrain ourselves. You hear that pattern? You ever seen that pattern in your own life? I get myself to a bad place. I get myself to a place where I'm going, ah, marriage is not good. This is not good. That's not good. So I'm going to come to church and, and I think my answer is to restrain myself. Listen to me, it's so important for you to grasp. You don't get better by restraining yourself. You don't get better by restraining yourself. You don't get better by taking away. You get better because of something you have called vision. Something, some purpose, some meaning. In other words, you need something in your life bigger than the other stuff. Do you know why that temptation is killing you? Do you know why you keep going back to that secret sin that you don't want to tell anybody about? It's because you don't have something else in your life that's bigger than that. See, it's not about restraint. It's about lack of vision on the other end. It's, it's about lack of something that's bigger, something more that God wants to do. Order does not come into your life because of how well you can restrain yourself. It comes when you get revelation or vision that's bigger than where you are. Social scientists call it transcendence. In other words, your, your secular scientists out there, they've, they've, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And they've added to the very top of the needs list this thing called transcendence. Something bigger than me. Do you have that hunger inside of you still? Most of us do. I just, I wish I could do something significant. I wish I could do something more. You know, something bigger. Let me read you that verse one more time, but this from the message. Again, the message, listen to me, the message is not a translation of the Bible. The message is a paraphrase of the Bible. In other words, they took the translation and they rewrote it into some today language. Okay? So it's not an exact translation. But the message says this. If pe people can't see what, what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, then what happens? They are most blessed. And that word blessed... I'm not sure that that translation fits in some ways. What it means is joy. Joy, not happiness. Joy. Something inside of you that feels joy even though everything around you is blowing wild. Even though you might be living in a hurricane right now. There's something inside of you that, that those who attend to what God is saying... That God is not concerned about our comfort. We've said that over and over again. He's, he's concerned about our character, right? More than our comfort. So it's not Him taking us out of the storm. It's Him blessing us that we can go through the storms of life and yet still trust that He is in control and He's got all things right in the palm of His hand. So I want to talk a little bit about this kind of this concept of purpose today because if we're going to be wise... I think we need the fuel of purpose. 
I find myself in that place every once in a while, if I'm honest, um, where I'm tired. I'm, uh, I just kind of feel like I just want to go to sleep. Anybody ever been there? Like, I just want to take a nap. I don't, I don't think I really want to do anything. I just feel this low. And in that moment, what I have to recognize is what's missing is revelation. What's, what's missing is purpose. What, what's missing is there's a reason to get up and do something. And so many things in this world will come at us to try to knock us off that track and off that reality of who God is. But listen to this in Psalm 16 and 11. You will show me the way of life. In other words, God will show you a path, something that he has for you to do. Granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Let me say it this way. Don't settle for a version of your life that is less than what Jesus paid for. Don't settle for a version of your life that does not equal up to what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The creator of the universe leaves perfection and comes to this crazy world and dies a brutal death for you. Not so we can go, oh, well, I guess I'll get up and do this. I guess I'll sweep the front porch now. Right, but he, listen, you've got to sweep the front porch. Please don't let your front porch get dirty, okay? But, but you get what I'm saying, that we can get to the point where we are just so bogged down with the things of life. And, and back to the verse that we founded this church on, John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What is he trying to do? He's trying to steal your life. He's trying to kill your joy. He's trying to destroy your purpose. If you have no purpose, Satan has done his job in your life. If you, if you have nothing that you're living for, that's called desperation. We have a mental health crisis in our culture today. And it is right here in the midst of this teaching. It is in the midst of the reality of purpose. Lacking something bigger than me, something that I live for, something that motivates me to get up in the morning. Right? What motivates me to get up at 4.30 in the morning to go work out at the gym? It's this skinny little woman named Jennifer Mateen. Right? I'm a, I'm a liar. Like, Al laughs. It's a joke now. Because if Jen's out of town, if she's hurt, something happens, Mike's probably not making it to the gym. And, and here, here, you know what? We all need a little Jennifer Medini in our life. And, and what I mean by that is we need something that drives us. Something that goes, come on, you can do this. Get up, it's worth doing another day. Come on, parents, you can do this. It's worth doing another day. Come on, employers, bosses, those that are struggling. Maybe business is not going exactly the way you thought. You're waiting, waiting for that sell. You're trying to do accomplish something. Something's got to make you get up and do something more. And it's only going to be when we have some sense of purpose inside of our lives. And so most of you know this, but I want to go back through the vision of why we do what we do at our church. And, and there's four steps that we do through our life steps, and this is what they are. Number one is we talk about no God. Right? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
Right? So the only way we're going to, to, to have wisdom in our life is to know God. Can I, can I challenge you this morning? If you're here this morning and you do not know God on a personal level, or maybe you've walked away and been distant from Him for a long, long time, you cannot move forward in purpose. You can't. You can chase things. You can chase stuff of this world. You can chase dollars. You can chase all kinds of stuff. But I promise you, they will come up empty. It's funny because when I was a younger pastor, and people would sort of go off sort of, you know, into the world, so to speak, kind of a thing, and go do their thing, I would freak out. You know, I've got to help them, and maybe i got to say this, and i got to do that. And you know what, as I've gotten older, I've kind of chilled out a little bit, and here's why. Not because I don't love them, but because I know they're going to get the end of that road. They're going to they're come to the end of that place. There's nothing in this world that satisfies. There's nothing in this world that will bring purpose. There's nothing in this world that gives meaning to who you are. Everybody on this planet is looking for truth. And Jesus and Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. For you to have with the living God that you would know him, 1 Timothy 6.21. Some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. May God's mercy be upon you. And so can I, can I encourage you, I'll say it that way, that if you're struggling in any aspect of your life, go back to the basics. Where is your relationship, not your belief system, not your worldview, not your religion, where is your relationship with God at this moment? Because maybe you've been in church for years, but if you're honest, your relationship is distant at that. We've got to start with knowing God. And if, once you know God, then we talk about finding freedom here at Church of the Lakes. You've got to get over the stuff. Anybody got stuff? I got stuff, right? We're working through hurts and habits and hang-ups. But 1 Timothy 6 and 21 says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There is an answer to the stuff. But it only comes when we acknowledge who God is, that we know Him personally, and we surrender our lives to Him. And then after that, we, we talk about the reality of what it means to discover purpose. I think I jumped into those out of order, but that's all right. Lizzie will fix me. Galatians 6, 4 through 5. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you have been given. Did you hear that? Listen, listen, listen. That scripture just says, when was the last time you stopped and took an exploration of who you are and the work that you have been given? What, what is that? What, what is the work that you have been given to do? And many of you might look and go, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sh- totally sure how to answer that. And I'm hoping I'm going to help you just a little bit today. I'm hoping to give you a little bit of an understanding, the beginning of what it means for you to understand purpose in your life and meaning in your life. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. And then when we do that, when we know God when we discover that we have purpose and meaning and now we begin to have some chazon, vision, revelation, understanding, transcendence, something bigger than ourselves, but we're going to have to deal with our stuff and find some freedom. When we do that, we can begin to actually make a difference. John 15 and 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves 
to be my disciple. Is Christianity a works religion? It absolutely is. When we ask that question, what we mean is, do you have to have some kind of works for salvation? No, salvation is a free gift. But once we become a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, there's work for you to do. There's a part that you have to play. And the devil would love nothing more than to steal, kill, and destroy that purpose inside of you. Taking away what it is that God's called you to do in his great story. What about you? Let me, let me ask you this way. What has the enemy thrown at you lately that's tried to distract you or deter you or push you away to steal, kill, and destroy that that God would have you be doing in your life? Maybe relationships, maybe tragedy, maybe all sorts of things, but hear me on this, hear me on this. And I'm going to say this again in a moment. You can't solve that tragedy right here today, right? I, I, don't, I don't have a perfect three-point sermon that's going to make that tragedy or whatever's happened lately just go away. We, we don't learn to go on. We don't get over things. Things leave scars. Things have a, 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 an effect on us. But what we learn to do is we learn to move forward. So that the enemy does not steal, kill, and destroy and take away our purpose. And so I hope to kind of prompt you a little bit, right? To move forward today. You are here on this earth to be a difference maker. You're here to be a difference maker. Many people have stopped growing and chosen comfort. In other words, we're working for the weekend. Man, I can't wait till Friday comes. Right? I can't wait till that vacation comes. Listen, nothing wrong with looking forward to things, but what is it that God's called you to do today? Is that the distraction? Is comfort the distraction? This taking us away. I love what Miriam said. Did you catch what Miriam said when she was on stage a little while with the graduates? She said, yeah, but hard work is fun. Get that? Phenomenal. Right? That we would all learn that reality. That no, it's not about leisure. We're, we're not here for leisure. Does God want us to enjoy this life? Absolutely. But we're here to do a work, right? That we're here to bear fruit somehow in our lives. We can build a building. <laughs> we can build a church building. Or we can come here to Leesburg High School where the AC's not working right now. And we're having sound problems this morning. And um, I got changed this morning in the... Uh, the boys' dressing room back there that looks like a tornado hit it. Would I like a pretty little green room? I sure would. That'd be kind of nice, right? But I like a little, would it. Would it be so much easier? So many of you guys here this morning got here at seven, seven thirty. Some of you don't realize that people are here at seven a.m. this morning to make church happen, right? To set up. There's people and kids. Yeah, you can give them honor right now. Listen, we can do the comfortable thing, which is what the world wants us to do. Why does the world look at us and go, why would you do it that way? Well, it's because they feel guilty. It's the crab scenario. Do you know the crab scenario? Take a bucket of crabs, and one of the crabs tries to crawl out of the bucket. What happens? All the other crabs are going to pull him back into the bucket. Right? I had this conversation with Kayla the other day. We were at the office talking about what it means to help people strive 
and how hard it is that, that you tell people like, and I use the analogy, it just kind of came to me when we were in the office there, I use the analogy, if we just tell people, walk up and touch, touch the top of the door, and I walked up and touched the top of the door, and even though I'm short, I could actually touch it, it's right here, okay? And I, and I touched the top of the door, and I was like, okay, that was easy. It's another thing to pe tell people, jump up and touch halfway up the wall to the ceiling, and I jumped up and I could touch that. But there's no way I could jump up and touch the 10-foot ceiling. And so there's this balance that we feel, right? Come on, parents, this is the struggle. Because sometimes we're saying, do the 10-foot, do the 10-foot, do the 10-foot, and they get frustrated and they can't go that far. But we're trying to figure out how to not do the bottom of the road. Here's, here's what I want to say to you. Where are you? Where have you, are you striving? Do you, do you have a sense of striving in your life? Or if you're more honest, right now I'm just surviving. Right now I'm just kind of, paycheck to paycheck, or I'm just kind of getting by, or, or my marriage, or are you pushing forward because there is more that God has for you, your marriage, your kids. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. Don't let the enemy continue to tell you, oh, you're just trying this, and you're trying, and you shouldn't do that, and you shouldn't do that, because we do, we get to that point of depression. It's why we need church. It's why I needed church this morning. I needed church this morning. I have been having some battles myself and some personal things. And this morning, Jonathan texted me, praying for you this morning. He texted me every Sunday morning, praying for you this morning. And I sent back and said, I needed that one this morning. And then he said, dude, the devil's coming at us, right? But we're at mile 21 of the marathon. You've got to keep pushing forward, right? Sorry if this offends you, but the Marines say it this way. Embrace the suck. Right? Come on, listen to me. If we're going to be God's people, we recognize we're in a battle. We recognize that there's going to be stuff coming at us, but we've got to pick ourselves up and then say, God, I need vision. I need something bigger. I need you to show me what you want me to do with these kids because I know what I'm thinking about doing with these kids. Right? I, I, I need you to show me, God, what it is you want me to do with my business. I've got to have some kind of a vision. There's a story, a true story happened here in Florida of a, um, a dog track. Now, if you're an animal lover, please don't get mad at this analogy that I'm talking about a dog track. I know they bad practices, all that sort of stuff. Just hang in with me. But if you've never been to a dog track, I almost said I wanted to get people to raise your hand. You ever been to a dog track? No, I figured somebody judged somebody. But anyway, um, if, if you go to a dog track, what they do to get the dogs run is they have this little fake rabbit. You ever seen it on an arm? And the rabbit goes around the track, and they're chasing the rabbit. That's what they do. True story, here in Florida, in the middle of the race, the rabbit blew up. Right? Just like the stuffing went everywhere and springs flying this way and that way. Interesting what happened. There was a group of the dogs that, that just sat down on the track, laid down and started taking a nap. There was a group of the dogs that got confused, ran through the railings and hurt themselves. There was another group of the dogs that looked up in the stands all these people and started barking at the people. And I thought to myself, is that not a picture of us? When we lose vision, what we're running after, come on, we either want to take a nap, we hurt ourselves, or we start barking at everybody else. Is that not a picture 
right? Of the way we live our lives sometimes, or, or even what we see in our culture today. Boy, we, there's a lot of barking in our culture today, right? And, and, and so that we've got to grab a hold of it. So let me say it to you this way today. Chase the rabbit. Chase the rabbit. But you need a rabbit. You, 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 you got to have something, right? Those dogs never get to that rabbit. But they chase the rabbit. And, 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 and so my job today, today's a pep rally sermon. My job is just to, just to, I want you to walk out of here today ready to go bear hunting with a switch. You know what I mean? Ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Like that, that's my, my goal today is that just to lift your spirit a little bit today and say, come on, you've got this and God's got a vision and something bigger for you and something so much more than maybe what you're seeing right now. John 17 and 18, in the same way that you gave me a mission in this world, I gave them a mission in the world. That's Jesus talking. And he says, in the same way that I had a mission, Father, I've given them a mission. You have a mission. You are missional to your very core. It is is who we're supposed to be. It is what we're supposed to do. Acts 20 and 24, I don't care about my own life. The most important thing is that I complete my mission, the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to tell the people the good news about God's grace. Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are God's workmanship. You are a work of art. I need to let that sink in. Maybe I need to let that sink in a little bit for some of our ladies that you've looked in the mirror lately and you struggle with body image issues. Sometimes, us guys, we get to a certain age. I'm at that age. Next year I'll be the big 5-0. And there's something weird about men. Because we wouldn't look in the mirror. We see way better than what's actually in the mirror. Right? Like... I'm going to leave that alone, Amber. But anyway, right? Listen, listen, listen. Maybe, maybe you struggle a bit with who you are, and, and I need you to hear today, you're a work of art. I say it all the time, and I probably don't say it enough. God did not create you, step back, and then go, uh, what do we do with this one? Not what he did, and yet I think that's what the enemy has told so many of you. But you, you, you bought that. You bought that, well, you know, all the cool people, all the pretty people, all the smart people, whatever, you know, God must have given them. And there's some kind of a feeling inside of you that you're less than, and you need to hear you are a work of art. You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. Right? Some people might call, and I won't get into that theological argument. They may call it predestination. But God knows, and He already knows what it is that He has for you to do. The question is, will we walk in it, or will we allow the enemy to continue to distract us and take us off course? And He distracts He's good at it, isn't He? He's really good at it, and, and, and one of the ways He's really good at it is offensive. Come on. Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird? How things can go and be really, really good, and all of a sudden, the wrong person, wrong time, comes out of the blue, somebody says something, and something inside of you just, oh, I can't believe they just said that. 
And you just, and, and, you, and you're off and la la. What is that? That's the enemy. Trying to say, no, 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 I don't want you to think about what you're supposed to do. I want you to think about this offense. Matter of fact, I want you to think about it every day. Yeah, and when you're getting ready, why don't you argue with that person in the mirror? Anybody ever been there? Is that only me? Right? That he's trying to take us away from what it is that, that he's called us to do. Acts 1 and 8. You will be my witnesses. And I want to flesh this out a little bit. This is how I'm going to close today. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now, some of you might be like, okay, I don't know where that is or what those are. Let me explain this to you. They were in the city of Jerusalem. Judea and Samaria were surrounding areas and a surrounding different people group and then to the ends of the earth. So let me change it for us today. You will be my witnesses in Leesburg and in Florida and in the southeast and to the ends of the earth. That's what he was saying to them. That that's, that's your mission. Your mission is that we're to be his witnesses in this place. And so many times we've had the conversation, and again, I say it a lot, feel like I have to say it more. You're not here on accident. You are here on purpose. God didn't go, oh, whoops, I made them go to Leesburg. I forgot they've been in Leesburg for five years. No, he's placed us in this place for such a time as this to do a work here. So grateful for a text message that Stetson Pasternak sent me a few weeks ago. Stetson was a salutatorian last year of Leesburg High School. He was .001 from being the valedictorian. Was something crazy like that? Like it was one crazy little point. But here's the message that this teenage guy who's a freshman now at the University of Florida, we're praying for that part, but um, he sent me a, a text message and he said this. He said, Pastor May, I just want to say thank you for all you're doing at Leesburg High School. And he wrote me this amazing long text message that would just, I mean, brought me to tears. And it reminded me, like I needed Stetson to remind me of Kazon, vision, revelation. Why? Why are you sitting in these chairs instead of those amazing comfortable chairs that we had at the theater? Because God has placed us here. And he's placed you here. Listen to me. He didn't place Mike here. He placed you here. If you're sitting here this morning, it's on purpose with a reason, predestined by our God, with works that you are to do. What are those works? Number one, I think that you need to make it, write it this way, make a difference in my world. Make a difference in my world. Make a difference in my world. Okay? What's, what's your world or my world? Those are the people immediately right around you. That's your family. That's where you work. That's here in your church. I believe, listen to me, I believe that your world, your bubble, your sphere, if you will, I believe that's your first responsibility. I mean, that, you, you, you need to recognize that. When you go home today, let me ask you, what is your relationship with your neighborhood? Because God placed you there. You didn't just happen upon that. You didn't just happen upon that realtor. God placed you in that place. What about your work tomorrow? What about your school? What, what, God has put you, and that's your first responsibility. It's amazing how easy it is for us to overlook our first responsibility to do other things. Right? Like, like we can, <laughs> we had this conversation the other day with some guys. 
So I can go to work all day, and we can be like, um, people can come at me with all kinds of stuff. Pastor Mike, I don't like this. Or people can come at me complaining about stuff, or they can even attack me. And I'll be gracious and loving and kind. It's okay. You know, I'm sorry you feel that way. It's all right. And then I walk through the door. And my wife says, why didn't you take out the garbage? Because I didn't feel like it. Come on. How easy it is for us to overlook where we're supposed to have responsibility. Are, are, are you looking right now at your particular sphere and understanding that God's put you there to make a difference to love on, right? Mark 5 and 19, check this out. This is a crazy verse. Go home to your family and friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Our first responsibility is right within our sphere of our world. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. Never walk away from somebody who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Never tell your neighbor to wait until tomorrow if you can help them now. I've had a number of people say, Pastor Mike, it is really weird what you guys are doing at Church of the Lake. Like, um, I've had, what, seven, I think now, seven pastors of churches call me and say, how'd you get into the high school? Which I love giving them the first response. We paid them a lot of money. Really? Yeah. No. Listen to me. And what I've come to understand is part of the reason that we got into this high school is because of serving that I did as a youth pastor 15 years ago. You understand? One of the teachers here, she was in charge of graduation. She was the one that I worked with with the golf cart scenario. And uh, and she's, she's not a believer. But many years ago when I was youth pastor Mike, uh, way back in the day, I served and she, I remember interacting with her and she said, I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, I really don't like Christians, but you know, you guys are alright. And I loved that moment because I was like, yes, that's a win, right? Score! I mean, that was... And then I've interacted with her again and again, and then the other night I got to interact with her again. But that's years. Listen to me. Do you have the stamina to understand that you've got years of investment to give in your sphere. Or have we gotten so tired within our sphere, we've gone and looking for excitement outside of our sphere. God's got some work, something for you to do in that place. Number two, I've got to make a difference beyond my world. I've got to make a difference beyond my world. In other words, not just my family, not just the, the people that are in my immediate circle, But how about the people that aren't like me? How about the people that are not in my normal sphere, if you will? Right? I've gotten to see a whole different um, side, maybe is the right way to say it, of Leesburg, by doing ride-alongs with the police department. Let me just say it this way, even if it sounds snotty. I've met a lot of people that are out of my normal sphere. Right? But what am I doing to make a difference in their life? See, see, see we, we have to get out of outside of our sphere. Because what happens in that moment is we can do the frozen chosen church. You know the frozen chosen? Us four and no more because we like us and we're happy with us and kind of thing. But I've, I've got to get outside of my sphere to, to meet other people. To do something 
beyond me. It's why we're at Leesburg High School. It's why we put this ridiculously large screen up. Okay? I've had a number of people look at me and be like, uh, you think that's big enough? To which I love to say, we're looking at a bigger one, but we haven't figured out how to get it in yet. But, but listen, why did we put a movie screen up? Because of vision, purpose. Why? Well, our hope is, and we got a couple things to tweak, but not too down, far down the road, we're going to start having Sunday, after Sunday at a matinees where we can show War Room, where we can show, you know, Woodlawn and some of these amazing Christian movies out there that give us the opportunity so it's, it's vision, it's purpose. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? But it's outside of my circle. It's outside of what is normal for me. Galatians 6 and 2. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. So let me tell you a quick golf, golf cart story. I'm driving the golf cart around, right? And uh, it's so funny how God will, like, humble you when you're feeling a little prideful. You ever been there? So that happened to me. Here we go. Confession is good for the soul, bad for the reputation. All right. So I was feeling a little bit prideful riding around in our cool golf cart. You know? I'm like, this is kind of sweet. And then this dude pulls up. I don't even know what this thing was. But it was the coolest I don't, it was a gator on steroids. Like, like it looked like a gator that was for Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I mean? I mean, it was this big. And so I pull up my golf cart next to it. And it looked like the little miniature. And I just laughed. I'm like, okay, God, I got you. You're checking my pride in this moment, right? So anyway, I'm driving the golf I got over my pride moment, driving the golf cart around. And uh, the, the, the uh, graduation had started. And once they had the seniors procession, they wouldn't let anybody in. So the gates are locked. There's all these people standing outside the gate freaking out because they need to get in there as grandmas and aunts and people rode in from Virginia and, you know, this. So I pull up to the back side of the campus over here, and there's these six African-American ladies. And this lady looked at me, and she was like, would you drive us around to the other side? And if I'm honest, now, again, confession, right? I'm looking at her thinking, you should have got here on time. Come on, that's right. I mean, just like we might look at somebody on the side of the road, they get a job, right? And I looked at I looked at them, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, and I don't know why, because they told us don't run the golf carts or anything, uh, because we don't want it to be a distraction, right? And I'm all the time preaching to our people. We're not going to do this because it'll be distracting during worship. I don't know what happened to me. Holy Spirit got a hold of me, something. But I'm like, yeah, I'll get y'all around there. Let's go. Maybe it was rebellion, whatever. They jumped in the golf cart, these six African-American ladies. And this lady jumps in, and she jumps in and puts her arms around me, lays a kiss on my cheek. She's like, this is my boo. She starts taking selfies with me. I mean, I had to go home and confess to my wife what was going on. But anyway, so she's like, this is my boo, y'all, blah, blah, blah. We're doing like, she's selfie. She's like, I'm like, lady, I'm driving. Uh, which, I, by the way, uh, I may or may not have. I'm not denying nor um, claiming that there might be a little dent in the side of the golf cart. Because um, they were distracting me and there might be a dent in a pole out here. Anyway, so point being is we get around to the front and actually I pulled them right up and there was a gate open and they let them go right in. And while I felt bad about everybody back here, I just thought in that moment that I'd just love on somebody. 
did I, did I get outside of my, I'm somebody's boo, y'all, you know? But that we would get outside of our normal circle, right? That, that we would let others outside of our circle to be a part of our life, that we would reach beyond. So we've got to make a difference in, in, in the other world. We've got to reach purposefully and missionally. Purposefully and missionally. Let me tell you how we do that as a church, just to remind you, because I've got to keep the vision in front of you of why we do what we do and why you show up here and why you give and why you set up and take down and why you do what you do. Because God has called us to be purposeful and missional. How do we do that? Well, locally we try to serve. We've got men on mission is starting up for any men that would like to be a part. They'll be going out and serving and doing projects in the community. Rob and I are meeting next week to begin to have that scenario and plan it out a little bit more. Of course, we serve the homeless through Come As You Are and other ministries here. We're in the public school right now. Like, just process that, right? We're in the public school right now. Like when I tell people from other cities, especially like bigger cities, Tampa, Orlando, or whatever, they're like, that would never happen. The guys that put up the screen were like, that would never happen in Tampa. And, and so God has, has put us in this place. We are now involved with something, um, the, the, the Park and Recreation Department, and, and thank God for basketball. By the way, the basketball teams will be coming to be with you on a Sunday morning coming up in about a month or so, so you can see some of the fruit of that labor and, and what God's done. So, so, so we're... we're we got stuff bigger than us. How do you get over your stuff? And I think the answer is, you serve somebody else. There's no pill that's going to make you feel better about your stuff. You, we're not going to fix in a day or in three counseling sessions what you have been doing for 14 years. But what I can tell you is this, is when you get outside of yourself and serve someone else, when you come purposeful and missional, Dad, what is your missional idea or your purpose for your kids and your wife? Where is it that you're trying to go? What is it that you're trying to accomplish? We reach out regionally from here through church launches and foster kids and care for pastors, which supports pastors. Because you give, listen, because you give and you're part of what we do, there are pastors all over this country that get counseling and support, especially when they're fired or let go or some demon board goes at them, right? Because, because of what you do. Globally, we give to Peru, Germany, Siberia, Europe, Haiti. I mean, we have all the... We are going to be a missional church, but we have to be missional people ourselves. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? Like, it can't, it can't just be, well, Pastor Mike does all this stuff for us, so our church looks good. Do you hear what I'm saying? It can't just be that our elders say, it's got to be you and I, and it starts with our world, our circle, our home, our neighborhood, our work, and then it's us getting a little bit out of that and being, and, and being big enough to be able to do, because ultimately, number three is that we've got to make a difference in the whole world. That's the calling. That's what it means, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right? So it's, it's, it's my circle, it's those right outside of my circle, but that are still in my geography. And then it's the ends of the earth. This is what it means to have purpose and focus for what it is that God's called you to do. Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said to his followers, Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to 
everyone. Listen to this verse that I'm about to read to you. Amazing, amazing. Jesus replied, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news, can't catch this, who won't be given back a hundred times. Tell me somewhere in the world where you can get a hundred times on your investment. Nowhere. Nowhere. So we've got to stop chasing the things of this world. And we've got to start chasing the things that God has called us, which is the people he loves and the people that are right around us. Your purpose is to make a difference right where God's placed you. The people right around you but are not in your normal circle and to the ends of the earth. Let me give you a word of wisdom. So we've given you, I've given you a word of wisdom, and I'm going to close with this. Let me give you a word of wisdom. And seniors, this is a good one for you guys. Uh, with you guys making a new state, uh, a new season of your life. But for all of us, and this is the statement that I kind of want you to have for yourself. I will never be satisfied making a dollar when my purpose is to make a difference. You will never be satisfied making a dollar when your purpose is to make a difference. So here's, here's the point. The point is, is, you know why you make a dollar? To support your purpose. That's why you make a dollar. That's why you get up and go to work tomorrow. Because so many people are like, well, I'm just going to quit my job and go into full-time ministry. Whoa, 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 time, time out. If God tells you to do that, that's great. But maybe that's not what God has told you to do. You, you can work at that office. You, you, you can work doing that particular job. You can own a small business. You can do those things. But hear me, hear me, hear me. The reason God has given you that is he's given you influence in that place. And then he's given you a way to support ministry that you're supposed to do, which is loving on people. Raising the kids that you have in your house. Doing those things. I'll end with, I'll end with this. Really felt like in my spirit this week, as I was struggling personally, and just kind of, I was kind of having just a down week, you know? And I thought, there's so many of you maybe sitting here this morning that that's really where you are. That you go through the motions and you're doing the things, but even thought it's kind of like, I, I don't, I'm not sure why. I, 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 don't, I don't have any real answers. There's maybe a hole. There's something that maybe there's a little bit empty there. And what I want you to hear this morning is, is that it's God's calling on your life and purpose. And you're going to need some help with that. Like, you, you don't just do it on your own. It takes people around you to do that, which is why we do something called Life Steps. It's not just a membership class. It's about purpose. And Life Steps starts on the first Sunday of every month. So the first of next month, you might need to come to Life Steps and help us walk you through that process. All I know is you can't stay where you are and find joy can't stay where you are and find joy. God's got something more for you to do. So let me pray over you this morning. Let me, um, let me ask God to give you some, some vision or revelation. Maybe right there where you are as you close your eyes, that maybe you would say, God, would you, would you give me some vision? I'm struggling right now. I'm wrestling with purpose and meaning right now. If I'm honest, I'm going through the motions a bit. 
So Holy Spirit, in this moment, I just pray that you would bring vision. I remember it's that you've put things, people right around us for us to serve. God, I repent personally. I repent for being lazy. I repent for chasing comfort. I repent for making it my agenda instead of yours. Would you give me your agenda, God, for those people around me? Would you put those people in my heart right now that I know I need to love on, that I need to spend a little time with? Father, I pray for anybody here today who just feels far from you. That they would know how much you love them and care for them. And touch their hearts today. Make us a people who are missional, living life on purpose, not just surviving. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.